So this podcast is recorded in a house with animals. We have already had to extract the small orange cat from the surface of the soundboard because she thinks it is the <laughs> best bed ever. And uh, Sergey's asleep in a corner and the chickens are all tucked into their coop for bed. And the dogs are barking at things. So there's noises, basically. That's what we're getting at here. Yeah. The other thing is that this podcast uses strong language. And that's about it. But iTunes and Google Play and all the other places seem to only have two settings, clean and explicit, and we can't really call it clean. So, not with the amount of F-bombs we drop. No, not at all. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 80. I'm really excited. To have gotten to episode 80, that's amazing. That's part one. Part two is episode 80 is the episode where we finally get to the interview I recorded with Howard Taylor, who does Schlock Mercenary and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it was just great to talk to Howard, and I'm really excited to be able to share this with everybody. Yay! But first... But first... How you doing? I'm not bad. Not bad. I've been busy. Been exceptionally busy. I believe it was last Wednesday when I accepted a job writing a series of articles for opensource.com. I mean, it's not a paying job, but it's a lot of fun to do. 19 days of productivity currently running on productivity, not on productivity alchemy, on opensource.com. We just finished day four. Generally, I say don't write for free, but opensource.com, I suppose, kind of gets a pass. Yeah, uh, I just finished writing uh, the eighth installment before dinner tonight, and that will go live on Sunday. So I'm staying ahead of things. I'm trying to get at least two articles done a day. Today is maybe going to be a little off. Uh, only get one and probably only one tomorrow, but I have a really big buffer right now. Yeah. So, and I need it because I, I have to do research and I'd only really only planned out to day 10 anyway. So, you know, I've, I've got a little work to do, but it's been a lot of fun to write and take the screenshots and the reactions that people have been having to these tools has just been fantastic. So, and I'll put a link to my page on opensource.com in the show notes, which will have links to all of those articles as well as the getting things done or getting two done on the command line that I wrote last year. Awesome. And that'll give you your chance. And I, I really, I actually really like opensource.com. They've got a lot of really good resources and a lot of really good people writing for them. And I'm just glad to be a part of that. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I have three job interview things this week. Woo. So one down, I have one Thursday and one Friday. I'm also excited about that. And you should be. You know, and I expected, I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but that it usually takes about three months and the holidays didn't help. They There's just like two weeks of the year where everything stops in the IT industry and hiring and things like that. And, and we're in publishing too. Yeah. And then it takes another week for everyone to get caught up. So things started moving again last week after I got back from MAG. It was still a little slow, but... You know, I ended up with three things scheduled for this week, and we'll see where those go. Uh, they've all been really exciting opportunities to look at, and I can't wait to talk to people about them. Pretty cool. Yeah. Otherwise, it's been using some of the tools I've been finding for these articles to actually organize them. Uh, day one, I talked about a note-taking app called Joplin, and it's been so good I've been using it to write the rest of the uh articles oh well that's always nice yeah it's always it's always nice when i can find a tool that helps and one of the upcoming articles is also going to talk about decision fatigue a little bit and at least present a piece of software that can help with that i don't want to give any spoilers but it's really cool i'm really <laughs> proud of that one so that's basically what's been up with me what's been up with you I, my rut is beautiful is i love it? my rut oh uh, i have i have gotten into my my rut mm-hmm when you like it, you call it a groove, I guess. But <laughs> yes, it's a groove now. It's, it's okay, I am in the groove, but a groove and a rut are the same thing. Grooves just have better PR. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's the same thing. I, I think grooves are easier to get out of than ruts. We usually think of ruts as like this thing we get stuck in. I'm stuck in a rut, right? A groove is has, has a different sort of 
positive connotation because well, exactly, you know, but they're the same thing. They're both basically a trench that allows you to go forward without necessarily steering as much. On the other hand, you a rut on, and for those of you who are too young for this reference, I don't want to hear it. I turned forty-eight last Friday. Shut up. Um, a rut on a record on an old LP was a bad thing. You wanted to stay in the groove where all the music was would come up the needle and vibrate and yes but and if stuff. you're stuck in a rut you're stuck on the road typically yes yeah but if you're in in a groove there's magical things happening i'm just saying they're basically the same thing it's just a matter of whether you're happy to be there or not i don't think ruts provide music most of the time the ruts i know would provide a they do <laughs> if you turn up the stereo while you're stuck in one okay you, you kind of got me on that one anyway the point is my beautiful <laughs> rut that I am, I am thrilled to be in, and damn it, I'm reclaiming rut. Uh, so wait, what does that make rutting? Well, most people are down with it. I mean, but then again, grooving and rut—I mean, you're. Uh, hmm. Although you can both groove and rut to music, so now I'm really. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. All right. Well, we warned you about explicit content. Right? Uh, the point is that I've written like ten thousand words in four days. Oh, that's and that's really big for you. Uh, that's uh, that's double what I would. That's more than double my my. Uh, I tried to write a thousand words a day usually, so I am easily exceeding my uh, word count goals and. And a lot of them are on things that do not have a deadline, but, like, lots and lots of it are on things that do have a deadline. And that's, so. yeah, that's, the, I think, the important part. You're, you're making progress on the things that are paying you. Yes, and the other yeah. thing will pay me. It's just it'll pay me in the future as opposed to I need to hand it in right now. It's I hope this gets done and I can put it out in, like, summer or something. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it's... I am grooving. I am. I am not running at the coffee shop. That's no, uh, no, no, no. Plus, um, the coffee shop. Uh, the coffee shop had to close. Well, the coffee shop had to temporarily close. Uh, we won't get into the details. Yeah, because, they'll be back. They'll be back. Because curse you, landlord. So I've been going to the root cellar, which is like a coffee shop but cafe thing, and, and working there. Better food. Well, it has Any food. food. The coffee shop doesn't have food. Yeah, the right. coffee shop has muffins. The coffee is not nearly as good. No. Uh, nor, I mean, is I'm sure the barista is very charming, but no barista is Ducky the barista. So no, except Ducky. So. Ducky is incredibly unique in that there's yes. there's no one I've ever seen like Ducky. And <laughs> wow. Yes. I would have Ducky on the show, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't keep organized. Uh. I, I think I think he is more a a barista savant, and he does not necessarily need to <laughs> to keep things right in the same way. Ducky is very unique. Ducky, yes. Ducky but anyway, is. Uh, so I have been getting stuff done, and it's fantastic. And the words are coming, and I'm like, yes, this is the best thing. And I knew this would happen if I could just get back in my rut. And and you were correct. And I think a lot of people are getting back into their groove or their rut now after the holidays. That first week after reclaim you get back, your rut, reclaim put up bunting, your put your name on it, <laughs> yeah. put up like you know cross stitch. This is my rut, sweet rut. Yeah, like the the week <laughs> after New Year's. Like there were what three days left in the the work week after New Year's. They were they they weren't enough to get like people were still taking extra vacation and things like that. The, the week after, not this like this past week not this week but last week was when people started catching up and things started moving again and it's also uh, interesting a lot of companies this is heading in towards the end of their financial year like a lot of them are offset and their financial the the financial year for and them ends in or fiscal year, fiscal year, ends in January, not at the end of December. So a lot of them are closing out their fiscal year, getting ready and starting to prep things for the next fiscal year, which means there's a lot of activity going on in January. Either people are closing out last year, or they're trying to finish out last year, as it were. Yeah. Yes, that is a thing that mm -hmm. is happening. And, uh, um, and arcs went out of my horror novel. Yes, I, I was seeing some pictures. Seeing some pictures, uh, some some friends got them without us having to ask the publisher to send them. Yes, so uh, very exciting. 
I I hope they will read it and yes. if they hate it, not tell me. Yeah, there you go. They they <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine. And uh, maybe you'll get some maybe you'll get some interesting jacket quotes. Yes, jacket quotes are good. Oh. I would like jacket quotes. Uh yeah. Yes. And so yeah. That's so happy to be back in. I the, I know. The, the I know. This is this is like what my life is is. I feel like this is what my life is supposed to be like when all the other crap isn't crashing on my head, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and I just need like a couple more weeks of this, Mm -hmm. and then I will be able to face change and and disruption and everything else more calmly. But I, I, yes, I need need the rut for a while. But and we even took a day. And both of us did this. Yes. But we took a day and we filled out all of the paperwork for our upcoming trip. Yes. We're hoping to go to China. And so we fill out all the visa paperwork. All the visa paperwork. And wow, that is an exciting amount of paperwork. And right. we, I, we, we were both, well, I don't know about you, but I made the decision I was not getting word count done that day mm-hmm. because there was no way this was not going to be an anxiety-inducing hell fest. And in fact, it was an anxiety-inducing health was, fest. Yeah. So, and there we were both looking things up and finding things, and and arguing with PDFs and printing, and uh, that wasn't an uh, argument. I had a blood feud with that PDF. Yeah. Like I, that PDF and I will hunt each other's and descendants through the ages now. And and talking to the other people who are involved in this trip, we're not the only ones. Oh yes. We're not the only ones, and so it, it, it's it's interesting. To see how this works, because I've never, in all our international travel so far, I've never actually had to request a visa for entry to visit a country. Yeah, most places just have, you know, you don't need a visa if you're just coming in as a tourist yeah. for a couple of days. Or they're, or they're very friendly with our country, or were, and they're just like, oh yeah, you're, yeah, come on in, you're fine, we know you're not staying. I, I think the closest we had was the... Uh, our guide had to take 50 bucks and go buy our visas into uh, Zambia. Yes. And I, I think that might have been a, and I'm putting this in air quotes, expedition or expedited fee. Because uh, yes. there were people, the line to get from Botswana into Zambia on the road was about three days long. And for whatever reason, they would only take American currency. Yeah. Anyway, that's, so that's, that's, I think that's one of the things you, you notice traveling internationally if you've never done it is there are places where american money specifically seems to make things move faster indeed and and i'm, I'm not, still glad we had a guide who handled all of that and it was not my uh i think even even more importantly is that when i was going through ethical training for work like a couple months later, I had to sit down and figure out, okay, now was that me giving a bribe to someone or was that like so and an illegal bribe under US fiduciary law or was that a bribe that is part of the cost of doing business in that country? So it's okay, we don't necessarily approve, but we're not going to send you to jail for it. I think definitely the latter. Yeah, and that, that was what I I got too. But I had to sit and think about it for a minute going, crap, have I broken a federal law? No. Okay. Yeah. And plus, we weren't doing business there, so it was sort of a, a you know, it was much more of a, a, a mental exercise. Yes. Anyway, so I'm doing well. Things are going good. Great. You seem to be doing well. Things are going good. Things are... Within within tolerable with within tolerances, yes, there is going to be a point in the next couple months where I have to go get a tooth replaced. Yes, which is going to be unpleasant, but it's not like the last time I had to have extensive dental work done. So I'm not I'm not stressed over it. It's much more of a timing and financing thing. So well. yeah. Um, so that's it for, for, for all of us. Did we have anything else we, we wanted to talk about uh, other than... No, I think we should just go straight to Howard right. Taylor, who is a fascinating... And oh. Who is the nicest man in comics. He really is. And one of the things I like about Howard is even though we like briefly talked you know, on Twitter prior to uh, ShyCon 7 in 2012, and we, we had a good conversation at ShyCon, but... You know, I didn't think he would remember it, given everything else. But you know, right there at um, in 
was it San Antonio? Maybe. Whatever the year after was. He was just like, hey, how are you doing? How are your kids? Like, they were just, we just had this thing. I love... He remembers who people are. And, yes. Which is an amazing trick that I've never mastered, so... Well, I mean, that and I think it was memorable when your first words for your acceptance speech that year were, Howard, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, but I had a great conversation with Howard about his process, about how he stays organized, and about some of his hurdles. And we will have that for you right after this. Folks, I am here with Howard Taylor, one of my awesome friends, and also this amazing cartoonist guy. He does this thing, the little thing called Schlock Mercenary. What are you at? Uh, Seventeen years now. Um. Uh, yeah, 18, 18. 18 years and two or three months. Yeah, and and no missed updates in that entire time. There's, That's just by virtue of working ahead. Yeah, the the I do not work daily. That would be silly. The the when I first heard about uh, about Schlock Mercenary many many years ago, a friend of mine referred to Howard as the Iron Man of web comics. So, <laughs> and and Jenny Breeden was like, "I've never missed an update." I'm like, "But I thought you." She's like, "I might be late." So I'm like, "All right, fine." So the two of you can duke it out later. Um, and see that's. I have no desire to duke it out with anybody. I wanted to create a daily comic and I wanted to not miss updates. So I committed to a work schedule that allowed me to work several days, yeah, weeks ahead. And it's served me well. I've been allowed to get sick. I yeah. separated my shoulder. Two of oh. my children, two yeah. of my children were brought into this world. Uh, uh, while the comic was updating, was still updating on its own in the background. Yeah. So um, now that I've done this this introduction, can you maybe talk a little bit about more about who you are and what it is you do? Okay. Um, I write and illustrate Schlock Mercenary. I'm on a writing podcast with Brandon Sanderson, Mary Kowal, Mary Robinette Kowal, and uh, Dan Wells. Uh, called Writing Excuses. I'm on uh, on I'm, I'm on several medications. Yeah. Um, I've done writing for Privateer Press. I write other short fiction. Um, we published a role playing game set in the Schlock Mercenary universe. Um, ultimately, I guess what it boils down to is that I am a storyteller with a bent. A, a, a bend for humor. Um, uh, several years ago, I figured out that Schlock Mercenary is satire. It's it's not farce, because it, farce is ridiculous. Um, it's it is satire. Um, that I don't know if that helped uh, helped readers at all, um, but it helped me figure out what kind of jokes I would tell that would break the universe. Um, right. You know, if I start doing something that is utterly farcical, uh, it feels wrong, even mm -hmm. though I'm creating a comic strip in which some, some, you know, zany, crazy sorts of things happen, but they aren't farcical sorts of things. I, I would say hijinks ensue, but that's a different web comic. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> That's someone else's. That's someone else's tagline. Um, but the bringing bringing this back around to what I do and who I am, um, an awareness of form and structure, an awareness of audience expectation versus uh, versus artistic merit versus commercial whatever. Um, these are things that 
at this point in my professional career uh, are almost reflex. They're second nature. Yeah. I spent so much time thinking about them that I'm very, very comfortable conversing at that level uh, about the things that I create. Yeah. And, and as a reader, a long time reader, uh, I think I told you when we, we, this is our second chance at the interview for the people at home. Uh, this, the original was lost in the great audio apocalypse um, earlier this year when I discovered the things weren't working the way they were supposed to. And I lost, I don't remember how many recordings it was bad. Um, but uh, um, I, I really, as a, as a long time reader, I really appreciate the effort that goes into it. And as someone who decided, okay, here's this Sherlock mercenary thing. I, I will read it from start to end or start to current. And then had to spend, you know, like two months, like after work, just reading comics. I mean, it was that engaging that it wasn't a chore, but it was, you know, that, that I have the complete story that, uh, you know, I appreciate the effort you put into it. And I think a lot of the readers do. If, if by way of offering um, advice to listeners who perhaps aren't familiar with Slack Mercenary, you yeah. do not need to be like Kevin. <laughs> um, it is not required to go all the way back to the beginning. In fact, uh, I think that book 12 is a great starting point. Um, sure, there are lots of interesting things that happened prior to that, but you can pick up the story from there and be engaged and catch up to current. And then if you feel like going back and looking at my eye bleedingly bad artwork from the year <laughs> 2000, you can. Um, but that's not the foot that I choose to lead with. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, at least you're not uh, doing what uh, KP Spangler is doing. And that, that was, she had the big art rework where she went all the way to the beginning and redid all of the art because she wasn't happy with it in the style yeah. that she does now. Uh, she was preparing for publication. So, Yeah, I'm, a, uh, uh, I'm an adherent to, I think it was uh, uh, Pablo Picasso's uh, quote about art, saying art is never finished, only abandoned. Yeah. Um, you got to be willing to abandon it. At some point, yeah. 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 So now that we've laid this groundwork, how do you keep yourself organized? Um, well, for starters, um, organization, organization happens at multiple levels. Just today, I realized that my desktop, uh, I have four monitors and I accrete <laughs> clutter on my desktop as I am, you know, oh, I need to create a file to work on. Oh, I'm going to pull this out where I can see it. Um, and and sorting that is difficult. And mm -hmm. my organizational process for that was I created a folder called sort me immediately. <laughs> and then I took everything from my desktop and dropped it in that folder. Right. And then pulled out the things that I knew I needed and then began throwing things into the folders where they went. Right. And, and when I was done, I had some things that I didn't know where they went. And so they go into my cruft folder, which is, I don't know where to put this crap, but I know it doesn't live on my desktop. Right. And that is, that is how I organize my, my workspace. It's kind of how I try to organize my head. <laughs> um, I, I want to keep the stray stuff out and, uh, and, and focus um, my, uh, my process for drawing the comics is I will script an entire week of comics before drawing on anything. And a key part of that process is to feel like I am done with the writing, right? Feel like all of that has been cleared away from my head before I start doing any art, because if I start making art and I'm not comfortable with the way the story is is unfolding mm -hmm. and i'm telling myself oh i'll just fix this dialogue bubble in post you know it'll it'll say <laughs> something else uh that starts to clutter me that's a, that slows me way down 
Um, and so I, I chunk my work. I mm-hmm. do the scripting and then I do the penciling and then I do the first pass of inking. And then I do, uh, and then I do the fun relaxing bit, which is getting out the brush pens and just noodling on line weight and pushing mm-hmm. it around on the page. And that's, uh, I, I really enjoy that. Um, in terms of time management, um, I use uh, just the Google calendar and on some days I will document my, my appointments are documentation of what I did that day. Right. Make appointments in advance saying, Oh, and now I'm, you know, I will have lunch at 11. No, I, I worked for a couple hours in the morning and then created an appointment showing how long I worked. Okay. And I don't do that every day mm-hmm. and have those records on them i can look at them and i can see very clearly where failure points are right where um you know where i was most productive um the time management is a huge part of it and then of course uh there's the there's the sandra part which is um which is sandra handles 90% of the work of this business I'm in. Yeah. I get to be out front and funny and drawing the pictures that everyone looks at. Um, but Sandra is the one who turns these things into books. Um, she project manages me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a large part of my organization is the kitchen counter meeting with yeah. Sandra every morning. Um, I love those. I love those. We both work from home and uh and so there is there is breakfast and there is meeting and then there is we go to work. Yeah. 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 And and, and that's, that's the, the I guess one of the nice, things, nice things is that you, is have, that you have that partnership. partnership. It, is, it is indeed very nice. Yeah. When we got married uh twenty five years ago, um this is not where we expected to be. <laughs> Absolutely not where we expected to be. But we both loved stories. We mm-hmm. both loved science fiction. We both loved nerdy things. And and it is easy in the uh, in the storyteller's mode of looking at your life. It is easy to look back at those early years and say, "Oh yeah." We were destined to work together on nerdy stuff. Um, destiny, schmestiny, whatever. Yeah. This is where we are, and it is a very happy place. Uh, yeah, I can yeah. I can commis- I didn't expect 10 years ago when I met this girl at a party, almost 11 years ago now, that, you know, we'd be doing three podcasts and, and traveling the world and doing all that stuff. It was just, hey, she's kind of neat, and we kind of get along, and it just sort of went from there. So, none of this was planned. Uh, certainly not the chickens. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so, with with all of that and the organization now, what systems or habits are valuable to you as part of that? Um, well, systems, uh, I, I run a great big Microsoft windows PC. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Microsoft word for scripting. I use Photoshop for, um, uh, processing the scans and prepping them for my colorist. I use Photoshop on the other end to prep things for the web after my colorist is done with them. Um, I, I already mentioned Google calendar. Oh, yeah. and, you, know, you know, those are communications tools that I use. Um, on the art side of things, uh, I use pens and paper. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like, uh, uh, more along the lines of, it's not like you're, you're following the seven habits or which you, you parodied as the, the, the 70, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm following the seven habits. I think that it is, uh, and this is true of a lot of self-help, help, self-help books. 
um, you can model your life after that and mm -hmm. be incredibly unsuccessful. Um, it's, it's less to do with the habits themselves than, than whatever that magical gestalt is between what you're doing and how you do it and for whom you do it yeah. and what the world is ready for. And, uh, and that's a, that's a weird, that, that's a, a, uh, a weird sort of magic. Um, I never could have launched schlock mercenary, uh, today. Right. I say could have. If I were to try to launch schlock mercenary today, <laughs> I would be lost in, uh, lost in the background. Right. I'd, I'd be, I'd be noise. I'd be clutter. Um, uh, and so often people will ask me, you know, well, how do you, how do you get how how do you get your comic out there? How do you get your YouTube videos out there? How do you, I don't know. <laughs> I really do not know what yeah. I have is an existing platform that I guard very, very jealously. <laughs> uh, because it's precious to me. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I have an audience of people who like my work and I do everything I can to make sure that the things that I do don't alienate that audience right. or don't leave that audience wondering where I went. Right. Yeah. And that, that's important. It goes with uh, uh, the, the, it's a, it's almost a customer face that customer first mentality, uh, but the, it's, it's a little more squishy or squadgy because the customer's the reader. And so, and you're not going to make, as I've seen several, several web cartoonists, you know, show you're not going to make every reader happy every time. So, yep. but you, you can't do things specifically to just say, yeah, I'm going to alienate. I'm going to piss off every single reader I have today uh, for the fun of it. And I can name web cartoonists who are like, I, I know they're snickering about how upset certain segments of their readership get. Um, not to name names, Randy Mulholland, but, um, <laughs> I, I like, I like Randy. Oh yeah. I have a funny Randy story that, uh, um, I'm not sure what sort of expletives you're allowed to use on your little show. I, we, we give a warning at the brunt that we, the beginning, we swear a lot and, um, we're particularly fond of the F-bomb, so go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, the, um. Randy Milholland and I were at a convention and uh, I think we were on a panel together and uh, somebody asked me, um, you know, how do you express, how do you express intense emotion without cursing? <laughs> and I said, well, that's what I have. That that's what I have Randy for. <laughs> that's what you have Randy for. I said, Randy, will you tell these people to fuck off? <laughs> and then Randy tells them that. Yeah. And uh, it was it was kind of a beautiful moment. And the reason the humor worked is that one, they weren't expecting me to use the word. Right. You know, I defied their expectations. Um, and two. I played Randy absolutely to type. Oh yeah. And he, he delivered the goods. I love Randy. Oh yeah. No, Randy's, Randy's great. Um, uh, but anyway, with regard to audience alienation mm -hmm. and the like, um, my, my standing rule is that, uh, there's, there's really no reason to not be nice. Mm -hmm. I can be nice to people. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if there's evil in the world, then I will speak out against it. But there's no call for me to be to be rude um, for no other reason than to try and be funny. Right. Um, I. Yeah, I, I. It's it's not in your nature. It's it's not in my nature. I. Um, I mean, we all want to be liked. We all want to be loved. Um, I want people to come away from interactions with me mm -hmm. feeling, uh, feeling better prepared to face whatever they have to face next. I want to, I want to be an agent for good. Um, and sometimes that means, you know, at the grocery store, when I'm in a terrible, terrible mood and really don't want to be standing in line, 
um, reminding myself, hey, I, I can be nice. Sure, I'm tired and grouchy, and I bet these other people are too. Yeah. But I'm going to be personable, and I'm going to be cheerful, and I am going to say kind things to the clerk because uh, his job or her job, their job is far more miserable than mine is. Oh, yeah. Um, and and all of that, yeah, all of that stems from um, – I can use my powers for good. <laughs> so how do you decide what to do first on a given day? And I'm going to guess, I, I'm thinking about this. This question is new compared to when we did this last time. Because I think last time we had six questions and I've added a seventh. By by popular, by by fan demand. And also, are, is that a Maxim 70 coin you're twirling? Yes. So I've got mine right here. So, yeah. <laughs> um, my, uh, the thing that I don't do is wait until morning to decide what I'm starting on. Right. I, I, when I am putting myself to bed at night, um, part of what I am thinking about is, what is it I am most looking forward to working on tomorrow? What are the things that have to be done? Are there things that I'm dreading? Are there things that are, uh, you know, behind deadline? Mm -hmm. Are there things that are just tedious? Um, if they're tedious, does that mean that uh, I'm broken? Or does that mean that the, the art, the story, the whatever, um, isn't what it should be? I have that whole conversation, um, yeah. internal dialogue, uh, before I'm going to bed so that when I wake up in the morning, um, I, I already have a plan. Now yeah. that said lately, my, my wake up, um, I, it's at some point in the last couple of years, I stopped needing as much sleep, which has been glorious, truly, truly glorious. Uh, I, if I go to bed at 11, um, I will snap awake at four thirty. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so five five and a half hours of sleep is is all I need. Um, and one of the things that I one of the things that is an important part of my day is listening to uh, audio versions of the scriptures, mm -hmm. um, the Bible, New Testament, Old Testament, yeah. the Book of Mormon, because yeah. I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as yep. part of their branding. They want yeah. us to say the whole name, <laughs> um, but I will listen to that yeah. while playing a match three video game on another monitor. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So that my eyes and my hands are distracted and, and I'm able to listen to a thing, which is, I mean, I've, I've read the scriptures a lot, you know, my whole yeah. life. I'm listening to something that brings brings a certain spirit into my day. Mm -hmm. By the time the kids are waking up, um, I have accumulated so much gold in my match three. <laughs> 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 um, uh, by the time the kids are getting up, uh, the next task for me. Uh, at least during the school year, is often to make breakfast for them. Mm -hmm. um, go upstairs, make some breakfast, have the across-the-counter breakfast meeting, and that is the point at which um, that is the point at which I arrive at what was it I decided last night right. to work right. on. Uh, you know, my day has my day has almost a three-hour warm-up cycle um, before I hit that point. Now there have been days when I have bounced out of bed. When I was working on the Munchkin cards a year ago, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I was I was drawing from six a.m. until midnight. I would just bounce awake, get dressed, get myself ready, sit down and start making art, and with various breaks for you know biologicals and whatnot, yeah, uh, yeah. keep going until midnight. Um, I can't do that for very long. I, I don't think I don't anyone think can. can. And, and, and my problem, my problem is, is that as I'm getting older, older and I'm seeming to need less sleep, it's happening the other way. I'm getting it. I, I'm staying up later and later and later 
so that uh, it's still a little hard when the alarm goes off to get up to take the kid to school at seven. But, you know, I, I tend to trend towards like that five hours is 3 a.m. to 8 a.m. or 2 a.m. to whatever instead of, you know, I go to bed at 11 and I wake up at 430. I'll just be up later and wake up later. Yeah. yeah, I I don't know if you've discovered this, but I found that um, back when I needed seven hours of sleep, losing an hour of sleep was annoying. Oh, yeah. With five and a half hours of sleep, losing an hour of sleep is kind of disastrous. It's murderous. Yeah. Two hours of sleep is is absolute murder because it's a function. It, it's a percentage. Mm hmm. You know, I got half as much sleep as I was supposed to get last night. Um, I do I do not love it when that happens. Yeah. And it happens. I, I, often it happens for me when we're about to go somewhere because they always want us to fly out at six in the morning. And that means we're always up at, you know, we have to leave the house at like four to be at the airport by five kind of thing. And it's just that one just grinds. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm the same way. I don't, I don't love that. Yeah. I don't love that. Of course, you know, I live in a house with... Uh, four other people, yeah. uh, Sandra and I, and uh, three of our children. And I mean, if you want to count cats as people, then there's three more. Um, and there are nights when somebody is just not having a good night. Yep. And I got to be a parent or I have to chase a cat or something. Oh, we four cats, two hounds, one teenager. And, uh, and then the chickens always get up before I do. And then I have to go let them out at some point. They're very grumpy if I like sleep until 10 and don't get out there till like 10, 15, 10, 30 to let them out. They're not happy about that. <laughs> My 17 year old was telling me that uh, we, we took down our, our old playset, beautiful, beautiful playset. Yeah. Uh, donated it to a uh, family with young kids and found ourselves with a chunk of extra yard. And uh, my 17 year old said, um, we should get chickens. <laughs> and I, said, I said, no chickens. No she chickens. Said, Okay, I I want chickens, but I don't need a lot of chickens. I just, you know, I, I would only need like three chickens. I'm like, can you not count? <laughs> yeah. old Indiana Jones joke. Yeah. I, I said zero camels. Yeah. <laughs> um, I said no chickens. Um, yeah, so did I. I'm holding the line on goats. Um, Neolithic sheep on Twitter, she keeps trying to get us to take goats, and I'm still saying no to those. So. No, no goats. God, no. All right. Um, so I think this is the last easy question. Easy question. He puts in air quotes. Um, so what's the best advice or feedback you've been given? The word best is difficult. Um, Useful? <laughs> well, no, the... the uh, the answer to that question will change depending on what I am, what I am currently employing mm -hmm. in my life. Um, ultimately, the most life-changing bit of advice-type information was uh, a Poe Bronson article about um, uh, about. Uh, talent versus skill and the Anders Ericsson documents. Uh, he did a big study in the nineties from which the whole, uh, you know, 10,000 hours of practice meme came about. Right. Uh, all of that congealed for me, coalesced for me in, I want to say 2008 um, with this realization that uh, whether or not I have, talent for making pictures or making jokes is irrelevant. What I have is a passion for it and I need to be practicing it in ways in which I can get better. Right. Um, and, and you can practice anything. If it's not working, you have to go find yourself a mentor. Right. Um, I was bemoaning my extreme suckage at an online game in guild chat uh, just yesterday, and guy said, "Oh, give it time." Like, uh, no, I've been playing this game for three years. <laughs> what I need is not time. What I need is a mentor 
who will show me how to practice things and how to stop practicing the things that I've been doing wrong. Yeah. Um, not asking any of you for mentoring. I'm just here to tell you time is not the answer. <laughs> the answer, the answer is find, find expert information and, and then learn to apply it. Yeah. One of the, one of the differences when I played MMOs and it became like a second job. So I had to quit because it was just taking up too much time. Um, was that I was part of a, of a, um, uh, I want to say end game, but uh, you know, there's, there's the main game portion of, and it was world of Warcraft. So there's the main yeah. game portion. And this was before any of the expansions. And then there was the, the, the high level, the, you have to have a 40 person raid to do um, all those things. And that is such a different play style. And there was sort of this expectation on a lot of the, the other people in the guild that, well, you made it this far on your own. Now you'll just be able to mesh and work this way. And it, it took some guidance and some help from the rest of the guild or certain members of the guild to really get there versus the, the couple of people who are just like, I don't understand why he can't get this right. Well, nobody bothered to tell me how to get it right or help me learn to get it right. And when somebody did that, yeah, I got the practice and then I was able to to improve. Um, but yeah, that was, I, I did have to eventually give it up because that was way too much time on the game and not enough time on, on other things. So, and I think a lot of people who have had, you know, played the big MMOs have, have probably hit that point at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my, my big MMO is uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Ah, okay. And... I I like the way it supports uh uh you know solo play mm-hmm. um but yeah I've I've reached a point where I need to learn how to play well in in order to participate in certain kinds of activities yeah. and I know what's required for that and so I'm regularly making the decision of eh, you know what I don't need to participate in that activity they will find someone else. Oh, yeah. um, I will go noodle on the things that I like doing mm-hmm. because that takes less time. I play video games to relax. I play video games to unwind. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I certainly don't play video games to get angry. Yes. Um, uh, which is why there are a couple games. It's like, nope. You know what? I am not going to play this. It's frustrating. It's difficult. And th- these aren't these weren't MMOs. Uh, and I suck at them. And it's not a suckage I can get much better at. Uh, ammo conservation and I are not friends. <laughs> I grew up on you know Doom and Quake, where ammo conservation meant when you run out, you need to be near where to pick up more. Not when you run out, there is no more ammo. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And Ursula yells at me about that, but whatever. Uh, she says, ha ha, you can't do, you you suck at this. And I'm like, ha ha, who has to do all the driving bits for you in the other game? She's like, fine. Um, <clears throat> all right. Do you want the, I'm going to put this again in quotes, the sad but easy question, or do you want the hard but fun question first? I don't know what either one is. Maybe save the fun one for after the sad one. Okay. So the sad one is, and everybody does this one first for some reason, um, is actually based around Maxim 70, right? I'm a firm believer in Maxim 70, um, that failure is not an option. It's mandatory. The option is whether or not to let failure be the last thing you do. So the question is, how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Um, well, as, as the guy who wrote Maxim seven, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I've, I've internalized, I've internalized that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there are failures which by their very nature may end up being the last thing you do as part of this thing that you have been doing. Right. Um, there are, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, sorry, necessarily talking about death failures. I'm talking about, for instance, if you have a small business and your small business is bankrupt and you have been paying bills using credit cards for the last six months, um, this failure is 
probably the last small business thing you do. Yeah. It's time to go get another job. It's time to find something else. Um, and so those, uh, those DEFCON four levels of failure, uh, I'm fortunate in that mm -hmm. we haven't had any of those. Um, we've had a couple of DEFCON twos. Um, you know, just last year we uh, learned that our shipping partner for Planet Mercenary had, uh, for uh, European packages, had backed out, and we had a hundred thousand uh, dollar postage bill for which we did not have the money. Yep. Um, and well, how do you manage that? Well, for starters, um, <laughs> for starters, you you have to look at what what sort of resources you've got. You have to look at what kind of a problem it is. We yeah, had to yeah. ask. You know, does this mean we can't make comics anymore? No, it doesn't mean we can't make comics anymore. It means we got to find a way to cut postage costs and to locate $100,000. Um, and within three days, we'd done a thing that we'd never done before, which is go to the bank and ask for a business loan. Right, right. Because, you know, when you have a Kickstarter that has funded at half a million dollars and you have paper that says your business can make that, they will just give you money. Hey, hey, who knew? Well, I mean, they'll give you money and they'll want it back. And we haven't given all of it back yet. Right, right. Um, a large part of our response to that failure, and failure is a tough word to use there because mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like we did anything wrong. It's just we ran into a thing that we couldn't, we couldn't overcome uh, with just our own resources. Um, but responding to that means putting together a plan that says, well, this is how we're going to, this is how we're going to pay for the postage. This is how we're going to cut mm -hmm. costs for the shipping. And these are the things we need to do in order to dig our way out of what we've begun calling the postage hole. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's like a post hole. Uh, deep. <laughs> and it's like a post hole in that it's annoying. Digging yeah, those yeah. things just is miserable. Um We've had, uh, with the Planet Mercenary Project, uh, we had an actual failure to communicate between me and Sandra. And when we established, one, that the communication was failing, and yeah. two, why it was failing, our response was not, oh, well, I guess we can't do the project. Um, that would have been that would have turned it into a DEFCON 4 problem. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, the response was, well, maybe we call Alan, uh, yeah. who is the, the third principal in that project, and make Alan be Howard's boss, and Sandra <laughs> tells Alan the things that need to get done. Right. And it sounds silly to, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like communicating in your household by sending things around the world and up to a satellite and then back down to your spouse's phone. Um, but, but that was the most efficient <laughs> way. And, and that helped us. Um, Sometimes you had, need that buffer. Yeah. Sometimes you need that buffer. Yeah. Of, we've had a lot of little failures like that. And so um, responding specifically uh those are a couple of good specific examples, but in general, my response to a thing is first to try and categorize it and mm -hmm. determine, okay, is this, did I make a mistake? Did I make a mistake that hurt another person? If I made a mistake that hurts another person, right. I need, I need to apologize. Um, did I make a mistake that, uh, that I need to fix, you know, is it an art mistake? Is it an editing mistake? Is it a terrible plotting mistake? Is it a business mistake? All of these things get categorized and get filed. You know, I talked about my desktop organization. They get filed right. alongside the things that I know have solved those problems in the past. Right, right. I failed a lot. Yeah, no. A lot of, I, uh, lots and lots of little... I, uh, your listeners don't have, don't have the video feed. Right, I, am, right. I am holding up um an uni uh posca uh it's a it's a whiteout pen that paints almost like a gouache and when i got those my inking got so much more confident because i knew you know what if i screw that line up i'll just skinny the line up using my white pen i can just fix it 
I, I yeah. know I can fix this. And so I'm going to be fearless. And, uh, and that whole principle, the idea that <laughs> the idea that <laughs> can be repented of, can be apologized for that. And, and the process is not painful or shameful. It's just part of the process. That's, that's the the fundamental lesson I think for me. Yeah, and and I was uh, I was just looking at notes of some of the other interviews I've done because I've I've uh, pretty much everyone says that you know you you have to fail before you can succeed. I mean, there are those people who we kind of hate who are just like they touch something and it is an absolute immediate success, um, and you. But most of us, for almost uh, 99.9% of the population, we've screwed up a lot and we've missed a lot before we have a thing that works. Yeah. Failure yeah. is education. Success is a diploma. Right. So on the flip side of that same coin, <laughs> nice segue, right? Um, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how do you do it? Um, and see, this is why it's the hard question. Yeah, it's, it is, it is difficult. Um, sometimes, uh, a small scale success, uh, a, I need to get a bunch of things done today. And so right. I will put a reward for myself at the end of that. And that reward itself becomes celebratory. Right. It may be video game time. It mm -hmm. may be a trip out for sushi. It may be, uh, and maybe any number of things, um, but it has to be something that's, uh, that, that motivates me for, for getting it all done. Um, uh, often when I succeed, um, it's not just me succeeding. Sandra has done amazing work. Right. Uh, Mary Robinette, Brandon, Dan have done amazing work. Um, uh, if people like, you know, Oh, I love that podcast you did with Kevin. Well, that was <laughs> great. You were hilarious. Well, Kevin did all the hard work. And so <laughs> a portion of my celebrating those successes is celebrating the contributions of the people who helped. Yeah. Um, it's, it just, it feels better. Uh, it's not all about me. It's never been all about me, even back in the days when I thought it was. Um, oh yeah, and uh, and I'm I'm not going to suggest for a moment that I'm I'm perfect at that. I'm nowhere near perfect at that. <laughs> but it's a mindset that it's a mindset that I try to adopt. Uh, I didn't do any of this myself. Um, you know, the whole idea that uh, you know you. You, you have to work hard to succeed and, you know, you build all this yourself. No, you didn't build all this yourself. There's no. a whole village. There's a whole village that provided, you know, roads and sidewalks and electricity and whatever else that oh. helped you build the thing that you build. And so a part of my celebrating is, is celebrating the community that I'm a part yeah. of. Oh yeah. Um, funny story about that. We were at Mile High Con, which isn't that far from you, as it were. Great event, by the way, if you if you haven't been yet. Great event. Um, and uh, they, they have a thing at the end of the at the con where it's a panel with all the guests. to And the guests are asked to say something at it. Well, of course, Ursula is just like panicking because she's like, oh, God, I'm required to speak. Because apparently they, they said, you know, we need you to be able to speak on something at, at, at this event. Because she's peeking in now yes they said you have to talk for 10 minutes about something yeah it was, I was not warned yeah she, 10 minutes about something she was not warned and so she got up there and she talked about potatoes they, they told me it just had to be something i was passionate about they said it could be anything yeah something she was passionate about could be anything so she talked for 10 minutes about potatoes ursula is very passionate about potatoes and the loss of potatoes how many did the incas have Four thousand. Four thousand different kinds of potatoes that are no longer with us I I can see your cat. Yeah. General Tso's chicken. Um, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, Darcelo was actually checking on dinner, but, and then after that, she does her thing. Hi, Sergey. You're going to be a jerk, aren't you? Um, 
she uh, Kevin Hearn gets up and talks for a few minutes about how important fandom is and what a great community it is. And then the uh, the fan guest of honor, I can't remember who it was, gets up and talks about how important the sci-fi fandom community is. And she's like, oops. Uh, on the other hand, that is possibly one of her more memorable guest statements. And she and Kevin were off making... Uh, designing potato golems by the end of it but that's yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's <laughs> that's hilarious i uh, do you guys have a sous vide oh yeah oh yeah yeah have you done potatoes in the sous vide i've not done potatoes in the sous vide sorry about the distance i'm extracting the cat out you go sergey oh fuck pardon me am i still connected yes i'm okay. still connected there we go yeah yeah um, no. I've not have, done potatoes yet. If you have some interesting and flavorful potato varieties, and it sounds like you might, oh yeah, uh, do them. Do them in the sous vide because they just they just get better. What What about so we've we've recently we're we're skirting the edge of the cult, but we recently picked up an instant pot, and I love it. I've never tried an instant pot. Okay, yeah. So I was going to say, I wonder if there are any good potato recipes for the instant pot. Um, might be, I took, I took golden potatoes, Yeah. uh, just used to put a little bit of butter, a little bit of salt in there with them. Um, didn't, I mean, I think I sliced them in half, oh, uh, yeah? Ziploc bag, water sealed the Ziploc bag, yeah. you know, very simple thing, put it in a sous vide, uh, 195 Fahrenheit for an hour. And then what came out was moist and tender and delicious I could make mashed potatoes with a fork. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. And we get, we get the purple potatoes, not sweet potatoes, but like actual purple potato potatoes and yeah. And all the different varieties that are are still heirloom and available. Uh, But there's still 4,000 lost varieties of potatoes. Yep. So, and, and don't even ask her about the russet. Well, if you, if you want a, a good speech on why the russet Burbank is, is the evil potato, um, Ursula has has all the reasons. So people people were like, I'm like, I need to distract from this other thing that's going on. So Ursula, what about potatoes? And you'll get, you know, 20 tweets on Twitter about potatoes. It's great. Uh, so that's all the questions. Oh, well, that was that was incredibly yeah. painless. I, I try. Painless and entertaining. So we know we can find you at schlockmercenary.com and on the Writing Excuses podcast with Mary Robinette Qual and Brandon Sanderson and who's the... Dan Wells. Dan Wells, okay. Because it was somebody... Because in terms of, I guess, recently, uh, Mary Robinette and Dan are kind of the two newcomers to that podcast. Um, well, not really. Brandon and Dan and I... Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, the four who started it and Mary joined us in 2012, 2011. Yeah. I don't even remember. Maybe it's 2010. She's been with us a long time. Yeah. But uh, there were, there's a whole slew of episodes before that without her. So yeah. Yeah. Um, we started mixing up uh, our, our guests. Um, we want there to be more voices than, than just ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, yeah, you can find me at writingexcuses.com, but you won't always find me. Right. You will find lots of other people as well. Uh, schlockmercenary.com. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's... Now, now, where's Planet Mercenary? Uh, you'll find Planet Mercenary via schlockmercenary.com. Okay. There is a planetmercenary.com URL, but uh, uh, we've been distracted in the last year and haven't populated it well with information the way we need to. That's... Perfectly acceptable, considering everything else you have going on. So, all right. uh, Thank you, Howard. It's been a a pleasure. And for the people at home, we will be right back.
And we're back. Like I said that earlier, it was just so great to talk to Howard. Howard is a lot of fun. Howard is great to hang out with. And I love some of his process. And I also love Schlock Mercenary, which is the comic, which is why the code for this week is Schlock. S-C-H-L-O-C-K. After the comic, the main character in the comic, etc., etc. So you can go to our website, productivityalchemy.com. You can go to the place where it says enter badge code here probably at the bottom of the page you can type in schlock and it will walk you through the process if you don't already you know have it set up of setting things up so that you can collect open badges Uh, we issue open badges which are a mozilla standard that defines an image with information on how you earn the badge it's used in educational institutions and museums and government and learning and all kinds of cool stuff and I'm really happy we get to issue those. So that's that. Um, so I have articles to write. I uh, honestly, I wrote like 2,500 words today. I think I'm going to go knock off and play some Dragon Quest Builders. I, I might play some games to let my brain reset after doing this because I've been spending days researching and writing. So, you know, maybe maybe a little brain time off would be a good thing. That's it from us. Um You can support this podcast and all the other podcasts we do here at the glamorous Red Wombat Studio (laughs) by going to patreon.com slash Ursula V. That will help support uh, this podcast, uh, Hidden Almanac, and uh, uh, Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap, as well as the uh, medications we need to actually survive Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap. And the chicken feed. And the chicken feed. Chicken feed is important. Chicken feed is part of the process. The other thing you can do if you want to support us is you can go to uh, ko-fi.com. That's coffee.com slash K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. And you can buy me a coffee. And you can buy me just one coffee. You can set it up to make recurring coffee payments. And I really need to get this set up on Patreon. But you also get, if you're one of those badge collecty persons, you also get the secret code for the I Bought Kevin a Coffee badge. You get that whether it's a one-time or recurring. Doesn't matter either way. Really need to get that set up for the Patreon people. Things are going too well for us, dear. We're going to get hit by a bus. Uh, probably. There's a bus out there right now with our name just emblazoned on the license plate. We'd have to go someplace that actually has buses. I mean, there are school buses, but... We're safe as long as we never go to a bus place. No, the bus will come to us. Yeah, okay. Well, then we'll just... just, just Deep breath. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> bus is not going to come to us. The bus is already here. Dotson will protect us. <laughs> Or he'll at least alert us if the bus is within three miles of the house. That is true. He's a good rooster. And anyway, so that's it from us this week. If you don't feel like or can't support us financially, please feel free to share this. Recommend the podcast. You know, give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Sorry, I have red hot chili pepper stuck in my head. Any, you know, drop just, us a drop sure, us a letter, drop a, so we drop can read us a letter. It on the letter yeah, show. We'll, we'll read it on the letter show. It's always awesome to hear from you folks. And that's it. I'm going to stop now before I ramble on some more. So everybody out there, have a good week and stay productive. And watch for buses. <laughs>